Okay, so we're just going to jump right back in where we left off. Now, if you are starting this and you're like, right back in where we left off, where? What's going on, Brandy? Uh, you guys, this is part two of the Enneagram episode. So if you skip part one, I want you to put a pause on this. Go start Enneagram part one, and then you come back to this when you're finished. All right, moving on. We're going to talk about the five. Now, I know a couple of fives, and it's funny. I mean, it's not that funny, but <laughs> it's kind of funny to me because they are all very much like super similar. Um, I'm sure it's probably like that with all the numbers, but for me, like the five, I'm like, you guys are all like the same, <laughs> the same person. So the five is the investigator. They are analytical, detached, and private. Um, they're motivated by a need to gain knowledge. They like to know stuff. They want to conserve their energy and they do not want to rely on other people. Their core fear is being thought incapable or ignorant um, or basically like having obligations placed on them when their energy is depleted. So they're worried that like, okay, if someone comes out of nowhere and needs something suddenly, like I'm not going to be able to do it because I'm not going to have the right amount of energy. Now to me, <laughs> probably because I'm a two and I just love to help, help, help. Like, I'm like, I don't understand. That's such a weird fear to me, but, but it's a thing. All right. They worry about it. Um, their core desire is being capable and being competent and their core weakness is feeling that they lack, um, the inner resources. So they can withhold themselves from the world kind of like retreat because they're kind of worried about too much interaction and using up this energy. And it all, you know, it all ties together. They, they worry about not having enough energy to help someone. So they like, okay, we're going to take a step back. We're not going to overly do anything just in case something comes up and we need to use our energy for that. Um, but they're always just, I mean, the ones that I know, super analytical, very intelligent. They just, you guys, they just know stuff, like know a lot of things. My, my father-in-law is a five and he just, he knows things about everything. <laughs> and like, Sometimes they can come off as know-it-all-y, know-it-all-y, you know what I mean? Um, but it's not, they don't like to know stuff so that they can like flex. They like to know stuff because they don't want to be in a, a position or a situation where they cannot help themselves because they are lacking knowledge. And I feel like that right there, if you have any fives in your life, that that gives you like a level of understanding like, oh, okay, so my uncle's a five. This is just a a pretend um, situation. But if you're like, oh, my uncle's a five and he's totally a know-it-all. It's like, well, it's not so much a know-it-all as it is more that he he wants to be sure that he has all the information that he needs for any situation that he may or may not find himself in, if that makes sense. Um, and so they're very, they can be pretty intense. They're very perceptive, withdrawn, self-reliant, secretive, innovative, um, and just honestly, big thinkers. And it is like my father-in-law, like he's always just like fixing stuff and tinkering with stuff and just very, very intelligent. He, he loves, he loves to know things. So he listens to podcasts. He, you know, re does audible and books and all of the things. And when I got my in-laws on, I'm like, ooh, Enneagram, let's go. Um, I couldn't figure out what my father-in-law was. We didn't do the test on him. Um, my mother-in-law is a two. And the cool thing is because she's a two, 
my husband already knows as a two what I need. So he knows kind of what she needs as well. And he goes out of his way to be like, Hey mom, I really appreciate, you know, Christmas dinner and everything you did. That was wonderful. And she's like, Oh my gosh, thank you so much. You know, and she, he had said, he had called her after we had left for Christmas and said that to her. Now I'm getting on a side tangent, but it has a point. Um, he had called and I just want to say, mom, I really appreciate it. That she'd text me after they hung up and said, did you tell him to call me? I'm like, no, I didn't. But he knows as a two what it is that you want to hear. And now he knows he wants to make sure that you feel appreciated. She's like, oh, that's so nice. Um, so see, that's just the power of knowing other people's numbers. Anywho, so didn't know what my father-in-law was. And then one day I was reading something and I don't know, I guess I kind of forgot about the five a little bit because I don't know a lot of them. And I was reading and I was like, oh my gosh, he is totally a five. So my mother-in-law went home, told him, hey, by the way, Brandy said you're a five. He texted me and said, hi, I hear that I am a five. Where might I read up on this? <laughs> and I was like, bruh, that's the most five thing <laughs> that you could say. Where might I read up on this so I can know all of the things about my number? But that's, you guys, that's just, that's how fives are. They like to know stuff. All right, on to six. Six is the loyalist, and this is actually the most common type in the world. They are committed, practical, and witty. Um, they are worst case scenario thinkers motivated by a fear and the need for security. And honestly, you guys, if you think about like the world in general, like, yeah, that is the most common type. People, a lot of people operate from a place of not so much the, you know, me, I'm a dreamer. Like I'm, I don't see limits. I'm not worried about being in a position. Like I'm just like, let's go. <laughs> um, but most of the world is not like that. They are, they operate from, you know, a, just need. I need to make sure that everything will be fine and that I don't have anything to be worried about and that like things are secure and safe, right? Now, not everyone is built to take risks. And I would say a lot of the world, you know, we're not really in a world filled with risk takers, I guess is kind of how I look at it. Um, so their core fear is feeling fear itself without any support, security, or guidance. They do not want to be in a situation where they truly do not know what to do or they don't see a way out. Um, their core desire is having guidance, security, and support. Their weakness is anxiety. So trying to predict what is going to happen so that they can prevent any like any negative outcomes. Constantly worried and constantly overthinking. Um, so sixes are reliable because probably because they play it safe. Um, they're, they can be anxious, observant, again, trying to you know, observe what's happening so that they can kind of play out these different scenarios so that they can make the best choice. They're cautious, they're trustworthy, they're can be they can be defiant and they are courageous. So I know a few sixes and very I mean, I would say every number that I know, once I know what their number is, I'm like, yeah, girl, that's you. <laughs> um but it is, it's the most common type in the world. And when I read a little bit about the six, I'm like, well, that, that does, that totally makes sense. Like as an entrepreneur, they say like, what were the 1% or the 2%. So it make, it makes sense that, you know, everyone that wants to play it safe, like, Hey, Hey sixes. Um, so yeah, now let's jump into the sevens, which is the enthusiast. So sevens, they are fun, spontaneous, and adventurous. They're motivated by a need to be happy, to plan stimulating experiences, and to avoid pain. So their core fear 
being deprived, limited, bored, missing out, or trapped in emotional pain. So kind of like how I said fours, like fours are very comfortable in their big feelings, right? They're comfortable, like in your feels, trying to process all the things. Sevens are the opposite. They're like, no, thank you. Um, A good friend of mine is a seven. And I was asking her like, what do you want people to know about sevens? And she had basically said, if you know that something is bothering or upsetting me, I don't want you to call it out. I like, I don't want you to be like, Hey, let's talk about it. I want you to ignore it and kind of pretend it's not there. And I'm like, okay, see, that is not something I would naturally do. So knowing that my seven friends, that's more what they want. If they're going through a hard time, you know, me showing up to take their mind off of it. Versus me showing up like, hey, girl, let's talk. Like, that's what they need. Um, so I feel like that's, you know, if you know any sevens, you're welcome for giving me that little tidbit. Um, their core desire is being happy, content, and satisfied. And their core weakness is gluttony. So they have a constant need to fill themselves up with fun so that they feel satisfied and content constantly. So sevens are often spontaneous, impulsive, practical, flexible, irresponsible, um, future oriented, kind of like always looking for the next fun thing that they can do and enthusiastic. And I do, I know a few sevens and they do, they very much, um, they very much fit in that. They are, I, I call them my party friends. That's what I jokingly like to call them. So la- I think it was last year I was in Nashville with a group of friends and, um, we were there for like a conference, but the conference didn't start till the next day. So we get there, we kind of do some things during the day. We're like, yeah, we should call it an early night. We gotta be up early tomorrow. So we all go back to our um, our Airbnb shower. We have face masks on. We're like, we'll just have some wine and we'll stay in. Well, I'm on Instagram and I'm seeing all the stories from the people that I know are also in Nashville for this conference, right? And I'm like, oh my, oh, what? Oh my gosh, look at all these people. Look, they're out. Oh, look, so-and-so's here. Oh, that looks so fun. They're doing shots, you know? And I'm like, you guys, are we lame? Should we go out and do something? And my girl, <laughs> she's the first one. She's like, if you're down, I'm down. And I look at her, I'm like, you're a seven, aren't you? And she starts laughing. She's like, you know it. Like, they are just always ready. They do not want to miss out. Like, you're telling me other people are having fun and I'm not? Let's go because we need to be a part of it. Um, <laughs> so you guys, my sevens, they keep me fun. They keep things interesting. They're always down for a good time. There's not a lot that they say no to, right? You need some sevens in your life for sure. Oh, on to number eight. So this is my husband. Uh, so I know a good amount about the eights, especially because the negative, remember the negative qualities of an eight is what I take on if I'm like not doing well. So the cool thing with knowing that is like, if I find myself being very short, and being kind of like defensive and just kind of um, like aggressive with, you know, my feelings. <laughs> I know, oh, Brandy, we're not, mm, something's, something's wrong. Why are, why are we being like this? And it's, I mean, it's cool because it's like this little meter that I have. And I'm like, oh, I got to check myself. What is going on on the inside that's having me act like this? And I can do the same thing for my husband when he's acting like that. I'm like, babe, something is wrong. And he's like, yeah, you're right. I just, I don't know what it is. Um, and that's called growth. Okay. So eight, the challenger, they are confident. They are decisive, willful, commanding, intense, and confrontational. <laughs> right now you're probably like, I know an eight. Um, they're motivated by a need to be strong and avoid feeling weak or vulnerable. And I will say as an eight, well, we'll get into that. So their core fear is being weak, 
powerless, controlled, vulnerable, or manipulated. Um, their core desire is protecting themselves and those closest to them, and their core weakness is lust or excess. So constantly desiring control, power, intensity, and pushing for what it is that they want. Pushing for what it is they want. That is my husband to a T. If he gets his mind, like, we need this or we need to do this, like, he was joke. He should have been a lawyer because he will just keep going. And I'm like, I don't agree with you. Give it up. <laughs> he will not stop. Oh, it's the most annoying quality. I will tell you that. Um, so eights are assertive, resourceful, decisive, intimidating, controlling, confrontational, and protective. That is also very much him. My husband is very, very protective. I know that no matter what me and my kids, like I am safe, um, around him 1 million percent. He, Eights are very protective of those close to them. And just like they don't like being vulnerable, it takes a while for them to get there, but they are down to be very vulnerable with the people in their inner circle. So he has learned, like, he can do it with me, but he does not want anybody else <laughs> seeing that he has that vulnerable side. Like, you have to earn your way into their inner circle for them to you know, kind of let you see that piece of them. So it doesn't necessarily mean they don't have a vulnerable side or they don't have feelings or they don't have emotions or anything like that. But it just means like they have this wall up. Okay. They're this, this badass person who is tough and don't mess with them. But when you're on the inside of that wall, like you get to see the other sides of them, um, which is really cool. So and yeah, taking on like those negative qualities. I know that sometimes I do. I have that like I will not be powerless. I will not be controlled. Do not try to manipulate me, which is, if you think about it, they don't want to be manipulated. Well, when your girl is an unhealthy two, guess what I'm doing? Manipulating. So those have made for some really, um, some really fun arguments in the past. But I will say now that we're both aware of this, it has done just amazing things in our ability to communicate because we are very much aware of the flaws that the other person has as well as the flaws that we have and how those kind of match up and how we butt heads. Um, so our communication has, I mean, it sounds kind of corny, but literally guys, the Enneagram and really understanding our numbers and our spouse's numbers, like our communication has just been so much improvement. So I cannot stress that enough. If you are in a relationship or a marriage or whatever, um, you know, kind of using this as a map to understand your person and understand yourself, it can really, really do a lot for your relationship. Now, last and certainly not least, because one of my besties, she's a nine, um, is the peacemaker. These are very important. Peacemakers are very important. Okay. Um, so they are pleasant, laid back, accommodating. They are motivated by a need to keep the peace, to merge with others and to avoid conflict. Their core fear is being in conflict, tension, or discord, um, kind of feeling shut out or overlooked. Now, real quick, as a two, I know that I do not want to feel overlooked, right? I want to be valued. I want people to see me and be like, oh, Brandy's such a great fan. I love her so much, right? So the the fact that I know I don't want that and the fact that I know one of my besties, she is a nine and she doesn't want that. We, like you guys, we have the greatest, <laughs> the greatest friendship. We're constantly just like telling the other one how much we appreciate the other person. And we're constantly just like showing up for the other one and giving each other, here, I bought you a gift for no reason other than I just love you so much. And I want you to make sure you know it. Like, we have the most incredible friendship. So let me tell you, if you don't have a nine in your life, <laughs> you totally go get you one. 
All right, they make incredible, incredible friends. Um, so their core desire is having inner stability and peace. Their core weakness is sloth. So sometimes they can remain in an unrealistic world to keep peace and kind of not deal with anything uncomfortable and keep things easygoing. So they do tend to ignore their own desires and their passions and their abilities by merging them with others. They don't like to stand out very much. Um, it's probably why her and I balance each other so much because your girl is not afraid to stand out. And she's like, no, nope, you got a spotlight. I ain't, I ain't interested. Um, but they do, they, they don't, they don't like to stand out. They're not the types that are like, look at me and all these things. You know, they don't want to be overlooked for what they bring to the table. But as long as you see them and you appreciate them, like that, that's really all, that's all that they really want. Um, but they can tend to merge with the needs of others. So like perfect example, Krista, she's my nine, my nine bestie. She, um, it was her birthday and we, she was in Mexico. So we kind of like moved past it. And then we were getting like two weeks after I'm like, we need to take you to brunch. We need to take you to brunch. And she's like, yeah, well, I mean, it's fine. You guys don't have to I'm like, no, I'm like, what do you want? Do you want dinner? Do you want brunch? What do you, what do you want to do? I'm like, and don't tell me you don't care because she's so worried about like, she doesn't want to put us out. And I'm like, just tell me what you want. So we actually ended up, I told her, fine, you're coming over and I'm going to make you eggs Benedict. I made my husband do it because I actually don't know how to make it. <laughs> um, and mimosas and I'm going to give you your little birthday brunch. But they do, they tend to just kind of put, you know, did she probably want us to celebrate at her birthday? Absolutely. But she didn't want to put anyone out. Well, it's, it's okay. You don't have to, you know, don't ever ask her like, where do you want to go to eat? Cause she won't tell you it's whatever you want. Um, so those are the things. nine sometimes need to learn to be a little more assertive and like, what is it that I want and not be afraid to say like, no, this is what I want. Um, last year I went to Mexico for my little sister's bachelorette. This I don't know why this always makes me laugh, but I went to Mexico and I had to be at the airport super early. And I'm like, Ooh, maybe Krista could take me. Cause I knew she wasn't working. And I knew it was a long shot, but I'm like, Hey, da, 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 you know, love you. You're the best. She's like, what do you want? And then before I could even ask, she goes, I'm not taking you to the airport. And I was like, ah, that's what I was going to ask. All right. I figured you wouldn't, but I figured I couldn't hurt to check. And I got, we have this thing called the airporter. And <laughs> later I found out because then we just, we hadn't seen each other for a couple days or talked. She was so stressed out that I was angry at her because she would not take me to the airport. Like she later told me this, like, I thought you were mad. I was, I thought maybe you were mad at me. I was like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe I told her. No. I'm like, Oh my gosh, I am not mad at you. But she was, she's like, Oh my gosh, I put my foot down. Brandy's always telling me to put my foot down. I'm like, I am, but I wish it wouldn't have been on me. Like, couldn't you have said no to somebody else? But I was proud that she finally was like, nope, that is not going to work for me. I'm not going to do it. Um, but but the minute she did it, she was like, oh my gosh, Brandy's so mad. And I obviously totally was not mad. Um, but yeah, they just, they want the peace. Okay. So they will merge with what other people want, what other people um, like just to keep that peace. So if you do have a nine friend, sometimes it's your job to call them out on that and to pull, pull their um, opinions out of them. And what do you want? Don't just placate me. Like I want to do what you want. And you have to make sure you are not, um, that you're not overlooking them. Okay. So nines are patient stagnant, optimistic, easygoing, agreeable, um, and can be passive aggressive. I don't know that I've actually ever seen Krista mad, but I have seen her passive aggressive. <laughs> and that's like the, probably the full extent of her actually being angry. 
And like, there you have it, you guys, one through nine, nine different personality types and almost every person. I mean, I won't say every, because I'm sure there's an exception here or there, but almost every person on this planet falls into one of those nine categories. And kind of like I said, starting this out, you guys, there are levels and levels to the Enneagram. No, I am not a certified anything. I am not an expert. I count myself as like an Enneagram enthusiast. Okay. I discovered it at a really pivotal part of me growing and learning and just trying to be the best version of myself. And it just, it unlocked like a whole new level, but it goes a lot deeper than this. This is just like basics. Okay. Here's your numbers. Here's your wing. There we go. You know, there are so many, there's so much more to it. Okay. There's a ton of books. There are podcasts. You can Google it. There's blog posts. There's so much. So I will, um, I will share with you. Let me share with you some of the resources that I really, really like in case you're like listening to this. You're like, dang, I'm picking up what you're putting down, Brandy. I want to know a little bit more. And like I said, there's so much out there, but I will share with you just a few of my personal favorites. So let's just start with books. There's a book called The Road Back to You. And the author is Ian Morgan Cron, I believe. Hopefully I'm saying that right. Um, you can look it up on Amazon, Road Back to You. And it is a really good, like, starter book. Now, I will say um, it is a little bit faith-based. So if that's something that makes you, I mean, if it makes you super uncomfortable, maybe you wouldn't like it. But it's not, like, full-on, like, talking about faith on every page. That's just kind of like his perspective. But I still believe even if like, that's not really your jam, you can really get a lot from it. Um, so I recommend that pretty much to everyone, honestly. Um, and then the other one that I really, really love, it's called Becoming Us um, by Beth McCord. Again, it is a little bit of faith, um, some a little bit of faith based in there. But the information is just I really, really love the way that she lays it out. And it's actually, so it's a marriage book, but to me, it's more than just marriage. It's a relationship book, you know, because I can, I mean, it breaks down the numbers and just goes in depth to how all the different numbers think and feel and some of their tendencies and some of their flaws and some of their strengths that I just feel like just relationships in general, if that's what you kind of want to understand this for is, you know, strengthening your relationships. I think that that's a really, really um, great one. There's also another one that's kind of trendy right now. It's called Millenniagram. And I have split feelings on it only because I love, um, I'm a millennial. So I love that aspect of it. However, I do see a little bit of, well, this is just who you are. You don't need to change anything. And for me personally, like that's not really how I look at it, right? For me, it is a tool for growth and for changing. And yes, there's nothing wrong with who you are. You were created the way that you are. However, like I'm coming from a place of like wanting to kind of recognize some of my flaws so that I can grow into better um, where there's a little bit in that book. That's they don't really do a ton of that. So I'm kind of 50 50 on that one, but it's still definitely um, worth mentioning because I still think you can get something out of it. Now, the other great resource for kind of the fun part of the Enneagram is Instagram. So a couple of accounts that I follow that I really love, um, Gina Gomez.co. I truly, truly love all of her stuff. There are some accounts on there that are a little more fun. They're like, Oh, you know, Enneagram is Disney princesses or, you know, the show, this is us, which I'm obsessed with. She, you know, they'll different people will go on and like give numbers to all the people where it's like, you know, the level of accuracy on that is like, meh. 
We don't really know. It's more out of fun. Um, but Gina's page, just I feel like she comes from a fact. Like she's spitting facts, okay? So as far as understanding the Enneagram, I feel like she just does an incredible, um, incredible job. And I really, really enjoy her content. Um, I do really also love Enneagram Ashton. That one's, um, she has some incredible artwork that she does behind you know, the idea of Enneagram. So there's some cool stuff on there to look at as well as I think the other one I really like is, um, the Enneagram workshop is really good too. But you guys, honestly, you could go on Facebook, Instagram, whatever, and just look up the Enneagram and you can find countless, um, different accounts and, and content and just, you gotta find whatever's right for you, right? Like something I might love. You might be like, nah, not really my jam, but there's so much information out there that you truly can dive into this if you were kind of liking this introduction and learn more about it. And of course, like I am always down for Enneagram conversations. Okay. So you can find me over. Um, I hang out mostly on Instagram at Brandy Nicole Stone. You can find me over there. Slide into those DMs and let's talk about it. If you have a question, I'm happy to answer. Um, if you just want to, you maybe got a little into it and you're like, ooh, I want to, let's chat about it. Like, I love a good, deep conversation, okay? <laughs> um, so you can totally find me over there, slide into the DMs, like I said, and let's have a conversation about it. But I am definitely someone, I, you guys, I am all about mindset and mindfulness and positivity and confidence and, and best self and you know, how can I leave my mark on the world? And like, just very goal driven. And, and like I said, authenticity and showing up real is very, very important to me. So if those are all things that you value, I would love to connect with you um, over on Instagram. So you can totally follow me over there. We can get to know each other. We can have some conversations, just do all of the things. So thank you so much for taking the time to hang out with me today. I truly hope that you guys got something out of this. Uh, I'm a talker, obviously. So I legit could talk about this for hours and hours, but I tried to keep it like <laughs> not super long, but I appreciate you guys for taking the time to listen to this. And like I said, if you have any questions or you want to chat about it, find me over on Insta and I would love to connect. The Realist Podcast is for anyone who's just trying to do the most with their life. I truly believe every single person out there has a purpose and how we grow and step into that purpose is by becoming the best version of who it is that we're supposed to be. So if that sounds like you, I'd love for you to subscribe and come hang out with me once a week so we can grow together. <laughs>